Hello, lovely listeners. It's the Water Trio back again. I'm here with the lovely Kelly and Cassandra, and we're all set to bring you the astrology of the week beginning 28th of January all the way through to the 3rd of February. Um, I'm excited to talk about this week, gals, because this is the week when we all get to catch up and do our Water Trio live. Yay! Yes, in Sydney um, on Wednesday night. Yeah, so 7.30 p.m. Wednesday night. For those who haven't got tickets yet, get on. We want to see you. Can't wait to meet all our lovely listeners. Um, But, yeah, so it's pretty awesome that day we're doing it. There is a a cool aspect happening that day. Does anyone want to chat about that? The Mercury Kazemi? Yeah, Yeah, well, Mercury's going to be conjunct the sun uh, at 9 Aquarius on... It'll be Tuesday the 29th if you're in Canada and the States, and that'll be Wednesday the 30th if you're in Australia, where we will be, which will be very exciting. So Mercury conjunct the sun, this is like a privileged position for Mercury. So there's a lot of uh, insights or seeds being planted from a mental perspective to do with ideas and interactions. There's access to wisdom. There can be a little bit of like things being a bit obscured or working with things that are still quite close to your heart or close to your chest. Um, so that's the, it's the idea of seeds being planted or making those first connections that will flourish as Mercury then pulls away from the sun in the weeks ahead. Uh, so it's one of those Mercury Kazemi, it does happen every few months, but I always look forward to it because I feel like I get a bit of a mental download where I get to clarify some of my ideas and plans for the next three or four months. Uh, What about you girls? Is this an aspect that you guys track much? Yeah, I really enjoy the Kazemi uh, contacts between the sun and Mercury. And I find it's a, as you said, it's a planning kind of aspect but I also find it can be just this little extra oomph to mercury to mercury things um, where things can either come full circle or where you can perhaps initiate things that are mercurial of nature and expect a really good outcome so I find that if there's a a particular email or a message or a connection I want to make and I want a really favorable outcome I try where possible to schedule it under a uh, Kazemi. Yep, good point, Cass. And I feel like as well, this one's going to be an interesting one because it's happening right on that degree at 9 Aquarius where Mars went retrograde last year. Um, So we're looking back to May last, June last year. And I think that, you know, if there's anything that is hanging over from that or if there's things that you needed to learn from that period of time and there were hard shifts then, this is going to shine a bit of a light into that area and broadcast, as Mercury said, almost the lessons that have been learnt since you were since that time that happened because I know that there was some sticky stuff going on for people. Um, so, yeah. That's a great it- point, Leish. Um, yeah, and basically, I guess between January 24th to January 29th, 30, like as soon as Mercury goes into Aquarius until mm. it comes up to the Kazemi point, Mercury is bouncing around over the part of the sky that Mars was retrograde in back in the middle of 2018. Yeah. So that's a really great, uh, I hadn't thought about it like that. And I'm like, that's, it's like Mercury's giving us a chance to express or verbalize or clarify 
some of the gunk or some of the stress that we were dealing with from that kind of May to August period of 2018 when Mars was just drilling down on those degrees in Aquarius. Um, so hopefully that'll bring some clarity or help people. You know, it's, I find it's always better when you talk about things. It's like a problem shared is a problem halved, or I'm probably butchering that phrase, but you guys know what I mean. <laughs> I do, yeah. 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 And also the fact that, look, this is the halfway point between the retrogrades, isn't it? Yes, it is. So yeah. it's it's like, you know, and Mercury's in an air sign. So he's scoot, boot scooting through the sky. I think that's a term you've used yes, before, Kel. Yes, I have used that in a podcast before. <laughs> I love and, it. And honestly, we do want to make the most of Mercury in Aquarius. Uh, yeah. Because when Mercury moves into Pisces, that doesn't happen until February 10th. But once Mercury goes into Pisces, we have two months of Mercury in Pisces, which is maybe great for creative inspiration, but definitely nowhere near as clear-headed or as logical as the Mercury in Aquarius vibe we have now. So that peak of clarity, if you like, midweek um, is really good. And I think we want to take advantage of that because at the end of this week, like the 1st of February, 2nd of February, we do have a rather fractious Mars square Pluto aspect coming through. Mm-hmm. Have you guys had your eye on that one? <laughs> 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 Trying to pretend it's not happening. It looks like it could be, it's like a hot stove where you're like, oh, I just don't want to touch it kind of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> you go, Cass. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, the hot stove analogy is an interesting one. I mean, it's almost like the you know Mars just hits a wall. It's like whatever you know the Mars piece is for you. It might be like I can't do this anymore, or it could be about well you know putting up the proverbial middle finger and going well I'll show you and just kind of really going for gold, um, even if the odds are stacked against you. So. Um, you know, that square aspect is always going to bring some tension, some frustration, which is never really pleasant, but it can invite you to sort of think, well, how can I approach this differently? You know, where am I imposing my will where I could maybe, um, you know, put it in another direction or, you know, Mars isn't really a duck and weaver. He just is kind of like, right, tunnel vision, doing what I want. Um, But this aspect is kind of inviting you to go, well, you can still do the tunnel vision piece, but you might need to change direction or make a compromise or adjustment at some level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well with, you know, Pluto's always about power balances and power imbalances. Mm. And then you've got Mars in there that's, you know, will and ego and what I want. I think there's definitely going to be some need to assert yourself to find out, you know, to either own your own power or to to perhaps find out where you are being overpowering and pulling yourself back I'm not sure that Mars will necessarily give us the insight into where we're being overpowering but you know making sure that if you're having any arguments this week doing it in as constructive way as possible and trying to use the detachment of Mercury and Aquarius to do it in a you know a calmer way that won't be too heated and you say things you didn't really want to say and yes you may mean them but it's not good to put it out there and harm another person or harm your relationships 
Yeah, I think this is some really good points you girls are making because Mars square Pluto is definitely going to bring up issues to do with power and control. And, you know, you get this idea of like willfulness or forcefulness, you know, the, the, what you want, Mars, meeting this kind of really controlling, powerful force of Pluto. And I always do like the word adjustment for a square aspect. So it's that idea of, you know, yeah, ha what, what has to be adjusted, your, your mindset or your preferences or, you know, what you want or even how you're going to do something. But it, it is also a call to reflect on how you're using the power that you do have. You know, are you being empowered and activating your own progress and your own path? Or have you stepped into a bit of a controlling or even a manipulative state where you're working a situation to your advantage in a bit of an underhand way? So there is some shadow work, I guess, or that idea of some of the underbelly or the darker side of, of situations or even people surfacing. Um, and it's Mars is at 21 Aries, Pluto will be at 21 Capricorn when this aspect happens it'll be Friday February 1st in Canada and the States and that'll be February 2nd Saturday if you guys are for our listeners in Australia so I do have a bit of wariness around this one um we're gonna we're gonna have a few hard Mars Pluto aspects this year so it's sort of like take what you need to and you'll have other chances this year to to dive into it but um it's a bit of, it's definitely a heavy vibe heading into the weekend. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, it's funny because this is happening straight after the day before when you've got the moon in Satch, you know, those few days before, but you know, the 31st is going to be moon conjunct Jupiter and then, you know, moon can, and then moving off into Venus. So that's going to be such a happy, optimistic, joyful, fun-filled energy. And then bam, you know, and this is what we've been talking about with 20, 2019 is, is the highs and the lows, the extremes. So just knowing that there is that this week, um, that Wednesday, Thursday, you're going to have this fun, light, optimistic, high energy. And then, yeah, there's that slap in the face um, <laughs> that potentially could come uh, with the Pluto-Mars aspect and Pluto-Mars square on Friday, Saturday. Yeah, totally. And the other thing that I always think about with the Mars-Pluto aspect is it's what I call the moving mountains aspect where some of us are just going to get really obsessed or really intensely focused on this one thing that we're doing and we're going to put the full force of our intention and our effort behind it in such a way that we may be able to budge something that seems immovable and mm. like we'll almost feel consumed by what we're doing and we'll, it'll need to be that level of maybe dedication or attention to move the needle a little bit. But I think some people are just going to maybe go into some sort of weird Pluto tunnel where they're just doing one thing, but they're doing it in an excessive or really intense kind of way as well. Because Pluto never does things in a full-on intense deep way, does it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's so light and easygoing. <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have any other thoughts on that one, Cass? Oh, I totally hear you. It's uh, now that we're kind of really nutting it out, I'm like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to. But, I mean, you know, Mars is, you know, it, it's in his own sign. So there is some, I guess, technically speaking you know mars is in a good 
position to yeah. maybe push the envelope with something or get their need, you know, a need met. Um, and, you know, Mars in Aries, if it's not going to get it in one direction, it'll just shift and change and find another mm. way to do it. So I don't, it's, you know, we're not talking about a fixed square here where it is just kind of digging the heels in. I think Mars has got the the opportunity here to go, well, F that, I'll just, you said no, I'll go this way. And that might be where that adjustment piece or that compromise not that we would really call it a compromise but it's like well I'll just shoot in this direction instead so um you know so I don't I don't know if it'll quite have the heaviness it might actually be a little bit more volatile due to yeah. Mars's strength right now so um uh, I'm sort of feeling it will have a bit of an FU component to whatever tries to hold Mars back I love it. So I'm just thinking I would love to hear, and I know we all would love to hear from our <laughs> listeners around, you know, how does this Mars square Pluto aspect show up for you? Do you get intensively, intensively obsessed about something? Do you say F you to someone or something? Do you figure out a control dynamic that you had been kind of blind to leading up to it? Because I, I agree with you, Cass. Mars in Aries is like he is ready, willing, and able to, to create progress. He's in fact, he's desperate to make things move. Mm. And yeah. one thing that came to my mind when you were speaking is it's like, there's a lot of force and there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of momentum coming into and through this Mars Pluto aspect. So it's very much about having a think about to what do you want to direct that energy and that effort towards? Like don't, yeah. don't do nothing, you know, Think about what thing you want to tackle or what challenge you want to take on, whether it's a difficult conversation, whether it's a tough choice. Because ultimately Mars, I always think about Mars as the planet to do with making decisions, like being bold, being courageous, making a choice. It's not always mm. easy to make choices. You've really got to stand in that sense of I want this, I don't want that. But Mars in Aries is very clear on what he does and doesn't want. So if you can act from that place of like deep, honest awareness, there could be some I don't know whether it's a transformation or a breakthrough even of some kind that that may happen here um, yeah. yeah it just reminds me of that quote of you know Brené Brown and the daring greatly um, because this is almost Mars standing up against all that Capricorn energy that we've got happening this year and next and it's like okay this is what I can do this is what I'm willing to put in and bring to the table um, and I really want to shape things and yes, I can't shape it totally against this big power or this mountain or, but I can do it the best way possible. And you, you know, I love what you were talking about Cass with the cardinal energy of both of this. It isn't like everything's carved in stone right now. There is the ability to shift. So it's almost like Mars can go, okay, Pluto, it's like talking to your boss at work. It's like, okay, well, you want this. I want that. There isn't a compromise, but it's like, well, can I do this in my own way? I keep the image that's coming up for me at the moment is the charge of the light brigade and that whole idea of going off. And yes, you have to fight somebody else's war, but you can do it in your own way with your own principles and your own values intact um, so that you're not compromising yourself in it. That's beautiful. Um, 
So there's a couple of other things going on at the end of this week, I mean, though, isn't Exactly. There? So oh. in the mix of all this, yeah. and Venus trines Uranus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in the element of fire. So there's a, that other level of the volatility there. Um, and... I don't know. I'm just feeling a little bit of fu again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, the Venus trine, you're honest. She's, uh, I always love the footloose, fancy free, independent, free spirited energy that comes out with Venus Uranus. Mm. Especially with and Venus I mean, in Sag too, you know, cause she's all about freedom there. You know, and they've come out of a trine aspect, which perfected sort of, mid-ish January so they kind of tried to you know harmonize and unify and conjoin and you know you know try and make a compromise and now Venus maybe come to the other side and kind of going well I know we agreed on this under the trine uh back I think it was like the 15th 16th 17th of um January and now coming out of that kind of going uh yeah no I think I'm going to change my mind about that agreement or that connection for sure Kat I think this is the trine though the this is Venus trine Sag isn't it have I got that wrong but you know didn't Mars trine Uranus oh what, uh, sorry Mars trine yes. Venus Mars trine Venus okay yes. got it yeah yes. yeah yeah so yes she, they did that together I don't know what I yeah, said yeah that there. was um, um the 18th yeah you're right yeah they were trying yeah so you know um Venus and Mars you know tried to find some common ground and they probably did for a short period of time now Venus is you know Mars has kind of hit the wall with Pluto Venus is now connected with Uranus and so where Mars may have kind of got a, a stop don't go beyond this point with uh, hitting up against Pluto whereas now Venus is kind of like <laughs> just, uh, for those listening on a uh, rude hand <laughs> video I just raised up the bird okay the, <laughs> the bird is the middle finger I don't know if you call it something different in the US or where, where have you but um, yeah I, you know Venus is kind of Giving um, the one-fingered salute. <laughs> uh, totally, yeah, flipping the bird. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it is that, you know, Venus and Sanj is already excited. She's already up for anything. Uh, clue in uh, Uranus, and that's kind of, you know, excitement on steroids. I'll try anything once, you know. So, um, yeah, there's uh, that level of, of excitement there for, for Venus. Totally. And it, it does flavour the weekend. What are your thoughts, Leesh? <laughs> I don't know if I'm as optimistic. Yes, I know it's a trine, but I don't know. Like, you know, Venus likes to unify, likes to bring things together, likes to balance and harmonise, whereas Uranus just likes to break things apart. You know, it's I feel it's almost like throwing a hand grenade in at a party. Um, it's that time where, you know, potentially you may get a little bit loose and, like, start taking your clothes off on the dance floor kind of thing in that spirit of <laughs> adventure. So, I don't know. It just... I. My sense is, look, possibly breaking things apart so that they can unify or new insights on your value systems or your relationships that help you get a different perspective on the way you relate to people and the way you bring things in. Um, I don't know, you know, 
it's it's a tricky one, I think. And yes, it's it's about how we value and how we relate and how we bring things together. So maybe it's, you know, if, if we can use it consciously to get rid of that excess around the edges, I even think there could be a, sh- a, sh- a surprising event that comes about. So people who aren't that useful to you or who are holding you back, those kind of relationships will just suddenly be cut off and you have the freedom to go forth and be more authentic and more yourself without the hangers on or, or the people who are holding you back. Yeah, I think authenticity is a really big buzzword for Venus trying Uranus. The idea of being yourself with a friend or with family or even in a romantic situation, like not compromising to keep the peace because Venus in Sag or Venus trying Uranus is not trying to please others. She's very much interested in satisfying her own needs and desires. And if what you genuinely want and what they genuinely want creates this spark or this electricity, all the better. But it definitely Mm. feels a lot like each person wants to make sure it's really right for them, if you like. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it's fun and it's exciting. I recommend. I think you know people should maybe keep um, social plans flexible this weekend, or you certainly don't want to be tied down with heavy responsibilities if you can avoid it. You know, the Venus trying Uranus to me it feels a lot like getting together with a bunch of friends, maybe at the last minute just to do something maybe active or spontaneous, like go out dancing or go hike a mountain or um, just go and maybe go go go-karting or something. Like it's a fire trine. So it's definitely got that physically active, you know, we want to move. We want to get the energy through our bodies, if you like. Yeah, maybe not jumping off the side of mountains, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not that. Um, And maybe, I I don't know, I always worry about like, you know, go-karting or other things when there's fire because we have too much fire. Sometimes we can have accidents and things like that. But we do want the spicy, the fresh, the different and the exotic because Venus is often about our tastes and our pleasures. And and with Uranus involved, we don't want the same thing. We don't want to go to our usual Saturday night standing date. or We don't want to go to the same pub that we go to for drinks with friends. We want to break out of that routine. We want to freshen yep. things up, spice it up a bit. Yep, yep. So, anything else? Anything else you want to point out? I think I've got one more with the, the Saturn sextile Neptune, which Tell I'm us calling about that. The, Well, I'm calling it the Mary Poppins Returns. Ah, oh, because love it, love it, I went love to it. see I went to see it yesterday with my seven year old daughter and a group of her friends who giggled the whole way through it. Bless them. Um, but I feel like you know it's that whole thing. You know these not to put any spoilers out there, but it's about Michael grown up and and his children and they've just lost Michael's wife and so everybody's very serious and very melancholy and, you know, they're very focused on getting through things, um, which is the Saturn and Capricorn, but it's too heavy and the kids are losing their childhood. And then suddenly along comes Mary Poppins and the first part of it is so Neptunian with this whole scene in the bathtub Um, and she's talking about, you know, the kids are too serious and they don't want to get into their imaginations. And she's like, well, fancy that. No, who'd want to – life's serious. Like, who'd want to do it? And there's this whole adventure in the bathtub where they're using their imaginations and they're swimming through the water and seeing all these things and there's bubbles and and fun and creativity and just connecting to that imaginative place that Neptune can be. So, yes, there's still the heaviness of life and and what they're facing and the grief of losing their mum, but 
it's that connecting to imagination that lightens things up. That, you know, spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Mm. So, yeah, that's why I feel like that was, I was like, mm, isn't that curious that that's coming out in this energy? And it's the first of this, I think we get three hits of that this year. Um, so it's the first knock that we get of this and the first taste of that, almost like we can ground our dreams um, or bring imagination into the the practical and every day just to make it more fun what about you guys have you thought much about this Cass um I guess my take on Saturn Neptune in a way is making the seemingly impossible possible nice that's it <laughs> and that's perfect um, Cass because that's a line from the movie that's what they oh, use serious? it's yeah yeah, oh, yeah. It, and it's right. the whole way through it you know if you mm. can make the impossible possible I love it um yeah so you know when I was writing my 2019 horoscope ebook and I was like you know this is a bit of a a sneaky aspect that is still a relevant one but of course it's overshadowed by a lot more um dominant action in the sky this year but there is this little sort of sneaky thing here which might kind of any dreams or realities that perhaps were troublesome in 2016 when Saturn and Neptune squared mm. they might have an opportunity to kind of start to manifest and that dream uh, that was too vast or too big or you know the immovability of Saturn wasn't allowing for a movement on something now there is you know dare I say it with Saturn maybe a little bit of flex or a little bit of flow or a little bit of uh permeability potentially um with this sextile aspect where Neptune can kind of diffuse some of those Saturnian boundaries and allow something that is currently perhaps in the realm of possibility that can be kind of grounded down and structured into something tangible or something that you can really work with so of course the houses where Saturn and Neptune are occupying in Cap and um, Pisces can maybe give you a little bit of a an idea of where maybe you can make a few dreams come true through a little bit of effort with Saturn there yeah that's beautiful and I totally agree, Cass, because I think the wetness of Neptune and Neptune in Pisces is really softening the hard places of Saturn mm. in Capricorn. It's mm. like it is bringing some, like I think you used the word like semi-permeable kind of thing. Like it's making something, was it semi-permeable that you said? Um, maybe that Neptune can kind of permeate a few permeate. of those boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like something that was really rigid and firm. It's like stuff's getting through at the moment, mm. um, whether, and whether that's hope or inspiration or something. Yeah, and I mean, there is that yin component to the signs that are in play right now. So it's not as uh, maybe hard to work with. Um, it might be just that little bit more of that receptive, permeating, you know, um, feeling your way through things a little bit um, as opposed to kind of brute force or putting it out there. Totally. Yeah, mm. so kind of going gently, trusting your feelings or your instincts, and I always think with Neptune, it's very much about the feel and the flow. It's not like hard facts, basically. Yeah. 
as uh, my dear friend Kelly Surtees once said to me, uh, follow a feeling, you know, um, and <laughs> yeah, silly advice. That's but, uh, <laughs> no, no, <I'm> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you can have the logical, practical, you know, Capricorn, Saturn, it is what it is, or you could have the more Piscean element where, you know, things may not be really clear or make a lot of sense, but there's a feeling or a pull that is worth following. Yeah. yeah. And also having sometimes it's, you know, I th- I'll use a scuba diving analogy here. It's when you have an anchor or a place in the water that you know you can go back to, that you feel happy to explore Mm. and happy to float around and be with the unknown, knowing that you can see that place where you need to go back to. Because sometimes it can be scary down there because the currents can take you away and you can just, you know, loot because visibility isn't as much and things aren't as clear. There can be a little bit of miscommunication because you're all using hand signals. There's no way to talk. So being in that watery Neptune world and having that anchor of Saturn in Capricorn can help you feel more at ease with being with the unknown. So it'd be a good weekend for doing some like shark diving, you know, cage diving and you know. see some you see know. some great whites. No, not with yeah. Pluto Mars. Not with that Pluto Mars yeah. square. <laughs> Too funny. Oh my gosh. But there is, I mean, there's generally just a lot happening. Like the Saturn-Neptune sextile is Thursday the 31st in Canada and the States. It'll be Friday the 1st in Australia. So basically like Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've got, you know, some fairly big stuff happening over those few days. So, yeah, everyone will have to let us know how they go. Yeah, we do leave comments on social media on our new Facebook page. We have our Water Trio Facebook page oh, up yeah. live. So that's where people yes. can leave comments and stay in touch with us. So do search for that. We might actually get all fancy and get onto Instagram soon. Hey, girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because everybody just wants should. selfies of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Get Kel's uh, selfie game on. Oh, I'm so bad at it. Um, I read, I, I, I think it was Caitlin Coppock who we, we know and adore who runs the website Sphere and Sundry. She put a post up recently about how like water sign risings just don't really rate um, a selfie. Like they just would prefer to be invisible. And I was like, yeah, that's totally mm. why there are no selfies of me. Well, not none, but you know, <clears throat> not there many. aren't many. Yeah. Mm. It just doesn't even cross my mind. Like, and when I go traveling, my husband will be like, can you just put some p- photos up? Like when you're traveling about and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll try, you know, and it just, it, it's, I'm just not very good at it. Um, mm. I'm like, I could, yeah, anyway. So. It's a strange world, isn't it? You could do a really insightful, thought out, pour your heart into a blog post. Yeah, it gets a little bit of traction. Yeah. I'll pop a selfie and it's, you basically break the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the world we live in right now. It's it's interesting. Mm. It is funny. And it's funny we're talking about photos now with Saturn Neptune because I think Neptune. that's very photography. <laughs> yes. Like that's photography. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Capturing yeah. the oh. image. Capturing the beauty of something. That's, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, All right. So you'll have to honor that 
uh, with a satin mantra and a, um, a comfy a selfie. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And I guess, yeah, it's obviously this is the week we're doing our live event in Sydney. So if anybody wants to come, um, grab your ticket through Eventbrite and we'd love to see you in Crow's Nest on Wednesday night for a chat and a, a drink or a bit of gelato and some good astrology chit chat for 2019. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Do you guys have anything else you need to announce this week? Um, ah, Actually, uh, next week I am doing a lecture for AYA, Association for Young Astrologers, um, on aversion. So it's actually the same lecture that I gave in an exceptionally jet-lagged state at UAC. So I'm really looking forward to connecting uh, with a bunch of you again and delivering this content. So uh, a lot of people don't, uh, you know, just through the Twitter feeds, they're a bit uh, new to this technique. So um, this will be a really good, uh, hopefully a tool that you can add to your repertoire um, that can provide a little bit more of a juice, juicy, like something to chew on. Um, that can really help a client. So we often see um, difficulties in the charts through um, our squares and oppositions, but that is at least uh, some light, some line of connection between planets. But when we're talking about aversion, there is no connection at all. So it's a total blind spot. So basically we're going to be having a look at how a house operates when the ruler of that house cannot see the house it's responsible for. So if that's your house of money, for example, or maybe it's your uh, relationship house or um, or career, or it could be, you know, we all have aversions. So that's uh, what that one's all about. So hopefully you can join us. Uh, it's a free event. Um, and of course, if you are a member of that organization, you can access all of their lectures, um, you know, as well. Cool, so when so, is that one? It's online, Cass, isn't it? What night of the week is it? Uh, when thank you. It? Yes, I know it's I think Thursday lunchtime. Um, oh, Wednesday lunchtime. night in Canada and the States. Yeah, Thursday yeah. In so I'm pretty sure it's a Thursday for me. Um, Thursday the eighth. Sorry, no, it must be Thursday the 9th, Wednesday the eighth for you guys in the north. Hang on, the eighth is Friday. So it must be Wednesday the sixth. Okay, yeah um of february <laughs> we'll put the link in the show notes yes 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 let's do that yes <laughs> Cass. I, I'll, I'll definitely log on for that that sounds exciting thank you yeah i, I love it i love working it with the clients and um i think it was a topic that really did spark some interest when i gave it at uac um and it uh, was a few light bulb moments for some people uh for something that um they hadn't really thought about before so you know hopefully I can just bring something a little bit fresh a little bit new um that you can either unravel the secrets of your own chart with or um uh with your client works too so cool and Kel have you got anything you want to announce 
I don't think so. Oh, actually, yes. I'm just thinking when this is going to go live. I am giving a talk in Sydney on Thursday, the 7th of February uh, in Crow's Nest. So that topic uh, will be announced very shortly. It'll be an evening lecture on astrology. So uh, I am in Sydney at the moment. Uh, I might have one or two spots for consults left, um, in-person consults. Uh, but other than that, I'm just going to be enjoying family time. Yay. Watch for um, <laughs> selfies of the babies. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And um, I have my monthly new moon gathering happening up here on the sunny coast on Monday the 4th of February in the evening. So for anyone that comes come along and get some insight about how to use the new moon in Aquarius, uh, that'll be at 6.30 in Palmwoods. And generally I'm just looking forward to catch up with you guys and being part of the Water Trio Love event. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Cool. All, All right. Well, we'll sign off. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Okay. Thanks, gals. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.